Andromeda's Playbook, a football podcast. With your hosts, Ashley and Michael, please sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Undroppables Playbook, a football podcast presented by the Undroppables and sponsored by Analyst Depot. I am one of your hosts, Ashley. This is our other host, Michael Duncan. How are you? I'm doing great. I have a fun fact for you, Ashley. Okay. Did you know that if the season ended right now, the Eagles would be the number one seed in the NFC? Wow. Congratulations. So, I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not going to say Super Bowl, but you know, I'm just saying. You, you did say it on our last show, but. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I guess I literally did. Yeah, I forgot about that. You did. Oops. You did. Oh, well. but it's OK. We both can come on here happy, this, which doesn't happen too often, especially because oh. my team is the Giants. But we will come on here very happy with how this week turned out for us specifically. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And Sunday Night Football just made it all the better. Yeah, we um, will talk about that. Yeah, we'll later. Get there later. Um. So, same everyone tuning in, thank you for joining us. We're going to hop into our in-season content, which always starts out with our injury report. So, we're going to go through that. It is pretty lengthy, um, but there are a couple people who are already on IR. Duncan, do you want to remind us the terms of IR and everything? Yeah, so IR, now that the season has started, means if you're put on it, you have to miss a minimum of four games. Not four weeks, four games. Um, Each team has eight designations of players to return per season. Um, and a player can be put on IR and return from IR twice, but the third time he would be, you know, permanently on IR uh, for the rest of the season. So, yeah, pretty simple. Uh, the four games is less than it's been in the past. So that's new. Perfect. And I think the returning on the third time is new. I felt I don't know if it was just me misremembering, but I could have sworn. Well, you're returning on the second time. No, I meant like going on IR for the third time. Is oh, it? I thought uh, it. I thought last year it was when you got on the second time, but it could just be my brain. Well, like NFL.com had an article with incorrect information. So honestly, at this point, yeah. I'm not even sure if what I said is right, but I'm well, pretty sure it is. It's fine. Yep. Perfect. All right. Well, looks okay. There we go. I was. It signed me out. All right. So let's jump into our injury updates. Not even updates. Our first injury report of the week we break it down by position here so patriots quarterback mac jones suffered a back injury against the dolphins he ended up having x-rays and was later revealed to be back spasms and he should be good to go for next week cowboys dak prescott injured his thumb against the buccaneers he ended up needing to have surgery that all happened very fast it's it seemed to be from the reports i read was an extra articular fracture of the thumb which means the break doesn't go to the joint it just stains in like those finger bones he's expected to be sidelined for six to eight weeks the timeline seems to have shortened post-surgery the cowboys are not going to put him on on ir because there is some hopes that he can make a speedy recovery and come back in about four weeks dallas does have a week nine bye though which fits into that six to eight week timeline cooper rush is going to be the quarterback in the meantime Mike McCarthy said that they have had he has had many discussions with Jerry and Stephen Jones about adding a, thor- a third quarterback to the roster, and those discussions will be ongoing. And just as a reminder, Dak Prescott missed 11 games in 2020, one game in 2021, and it's now going to be around four to eight as of right now in 2022. Yeah, Dallas, they're they're stupid. Just put him on IR. Like he's not. It's yeah. it's a similar ish injury to what Russ had last year, Russell Wilson. Um, mm-hmm. He came back. He didn't look the same. It's on his throwing hand. Believe it or not, he needs that to throw the ball. Um, I, yeah, it, it's just really stupid. It's irresponsible. Um, 
yeah, I believe Jerry Jones like went on a talk show or like a radio show or whatever and was like, no, we're not even going to put him on IR. He could be back. We're th thinking yes. he could be back before those. And it's like, no, you're an idiot. You're stupid. If you do, if he comes back that soon, you're stupid. Like he shouldn't be on the field and it's not going to be good, especially behind that offensive line. All you're going to yeah. do is make it worse. So they're a bunch of morons, but surprise, surprise. Yeah. So he did. That is how he did it. I believe it was a morning radio show is how he went about talking about that. Um, onto running backs, 49ers running back Elijah Mitchell suffered a knee injury in the game against the bears. He will miss approximately eight weeks and has already been placed on IR, which is a pretty big blow for them considering how big of a role he had in the offense last year and a pretty big blow for all fantasy managers. Do you have Eli anywhere? Yes. Oh, yes. Tough. I, do. I don't think, I really don't think I do maybe in one of my dynasty leagues, but I don't have, I have much. Him, of I have it mostly in dynasty because I liked him as yeah. a later round pick, uh, his rookie season, like in yeah. the rookie draft. So yeah yeah whatever Steel Steelers running back Najee Harris suffered a foot injury it was a Liz Frank sprain but he is expected to play he says he's doing well there is some concern this could be like a recurring thing but as of right now he says he's good to go and this was just a one-time thing and Lionbacks running Lions running back DeAndre Swift did not practice today with an injury which was reported as quote-unquote something to keep an eye on Four wide uh, receivers. Alan Lazard did not play this week. Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen left the game early due to a hamstring injury and is expected to miss a few weeks. He has been officially ruled out for the week. Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins is in concussion protocol. From what I read, it seems like the soonest he will be able to return to practice is Thursday, which slims down the likelihood of him being able to play this coming week. And Buccaneers wide receiver Chris Godwin left the game early with a hamstring injury that is not considered serious, but it is something to note, especially since he was, I don't want to say rushed because he came I, back really quickly. Yeah, he did come back very quickly from a fairly serious injury. Um, so it's something to just keep an eye on. Maybe his body just wasn't ready for football yet. Not even just that one injury, but just his body as a whole. For tight ends, the 49ers tight end George Kittle did not play this week with a groin injury and remained out of practice today. And the Chargers tight end Donald Parham has been ruled out for this week with a hamstring injury. Next, we just... Parham. I know. One day. I know. It will be his turn one day. Um, for the next segment, we just kind of rope in all defense, offensive line, and special teams. Seahawks safety Jamal Adams suffered a knee injury in the Monday night football game. There has been really like very slim actual news about it but the tone seems to be pretty serious and looking like it'll require surgery from what i was able to see i saw one report that it's possible that it's a torn quad muscle um but i don't really there's really not too too much news on that except for the fact that everybody is like this is serious how do you think seattle feels about their investment in jamal adams yeah. because this is now the third season in a row where he will most likely assuming he misses a game miss a game in every single season he played 12 yeah. games 12 games and we'll see about the season but yeah that's and not rough. even that he hasn't been he as well, fantastic as the price they paid to get him so i don't think it's the best investment um this one came out earlier today broncos safety justin simmons will miss quote some time after sustaining a thigh injury in the second half of the game this week Beat reporters are hearing possible short-term IR. Big one here, Steelers, TJ Watt tore his pectoral muscle. It seems the worst-case scenario has been avoided for him. He did seek out several options after the game. 
uh, Watt will not end up having surgery on the torn muscle. And it seems that is because that the tear did not affect the tendon and only specifically affected the muscle. Mike Tomlin has officially ruled him out for this week, but nothing further. He hasn't been officially placed on IR to my knowledge yet. He's expected to miss about six weeks. Yeah, I'll be shocked if he doesn't end up on IR, but it's still a lot yeah. better than the entire season. Yeah. Like yep. And if you watch like the post game, like when he was walking off the field and everything, you could see him mouth about like it. I think I tore it, you know, something yeah. like that. So there was huge fear that he would be out for the, the season. So six weeks would be as six weeks sounds like a long time, but to have him back at all this season would be really good for them. Uh, pretty Crazy story here. Chiefs kicker Harrison Bucker sustained an ankle injury. He had rolled his ankle during the first quarter of the game. He has been ruled out for this coming week. He So safety, Justin Reed, came in as the emergency kicker. He did have some kick duties in college and high school. He ended up doing really well. And at one point, he did a kickoff, and it went through the uprights, which was wild. And you can see he was actually mic'd up for the whole thing. So they That's had incredible. that on NFL, I think on the official NFL pages where I watched it this morning. And it was really funny to watch. And Patrick Holmes was like, Oh my God, that just went through the upright. You know, it was, it was really funny. Also side note, I think that should count for something. Oh, I agree. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, try it out in the XFL case. or something like, yeah, just whatever. see how it goes. I think it'd be so fun. Um, anyway, it doesn't seem like he's going to get much kicking. Say Justin Reed is going to get much kicking duties this week as chiefs added former jets kicker, Matt Amendola to the roster. Chiefs also lost Trent McDuffie who suffered a hamstring injury and has been placed on IR. Panthers, punt returner Andre Roberts placed on IR with a PCL sprain. The Eagles edge rusher Derek Barnett tore his ACL and will miss the rest of the season. How big is that for your Eagles? It's not. He was the fifth, okay. fourth, fifth or fourth defensive end. I mean, like, he's been a very disappointing first round pick. So, whatever. Okay. I mean, well, it sucks okay. for him, obviously. I don't want him to get yeah. injured, but. Yep. Uh, Giants cornerback Aaron Robinson had his appendix removed and will miss this week. It's only expected to be this week, this week, but that's a pretty big blow for the Giants. Rams center Brian Allen will miss two to four weeks following a surgical procedure on his knee. Coleman Shelton will move to center and Tremaine Ingram will fill in for Shelton at right guard. I think that's huge. The Rams offensive yeah. line was already having issues and the yes. run game was not good. Yep. So yep. That could be that really was. Big. That was probably one of my biggest takeaways from that game is that that offensive line and they lost Wentworth, who was, yep. you know, a huge big body on that line. And now you lose your center. It's not shaping up. Not to just a big body, line. a huge big body. Yes. Yes. Uh, Panthers, Quay, Walk, uh, Packers, Panthers, Packers, Panthers. What am I Packers. saying? Packers, Quay linebacker. Walker, <laughs> Packers linebacker, Quay Walker suffered a shoulder injury during the game. And then his backup, Chris Barnes, sustained a high ankle sprain and was carted off the field. So not a very good day to be in that position. Ravens left tackle Juwan James tore his Achilles in the game versus the Jets. This makes the second straight season where he has torn his Achilles. Ravens I didn't quarterback. That. That's wild. Yeah, it happened to him last season too. Um, Ravens quarterback Kyle Fuller tore his ACL and will be out the rest of the season. Titans defensive end Deshaun Hand will have surgery on his torn quad, and that will mean he is out for the season. And Bears offensive lineman Alex Leatherwood was placed on non-football illness list and will be out for four weeks with what is expected to be mono. And some good news. Chargers cornerback J.C. Jackson participated in practice for the first time this season. He was limited in practice, but it is the first time he was able to practice. And Ravens running back, who did not play this week, J.K. Dobbins, was a full participant in practice today. 
Yeah, I remember when he was clowning people on Twitter because he was going to be active week one. Well, J.K. Dobbins, yeah. let's uh, let's, yeah. let's read those receipts real quick. Also, we uh, did not mention because we were gone last week. Uh, Harold Landry, pass rusher for the Titans, tore his ACL, and he's also out for the season. So, yeah, not great lots, for the Titans defense. Yeah, lots of injuries. I was actually talking with someone today. Um, well, before I get into that, real quick, I just want to say so w- we gave this stipulation last year when. Wednesday is a day where you can get an idea of what's going on, but a lot of practices won't like fully resume until tomorrow with like full pads and full strength. So take today, you know, there's a lot of news coming out in the next few days surrounding practices to get a better idea about your players, especially if you're in fantasy. So this is just an update for right now. And a lot of these like that haven't had recent news except for post game will change by the time, you know, the weekend gets closer. But I was talking with someone and we were talking about that it was actually a pretty decent amount of injuries. And surprisingly, there weren't as many preseason injuries as there were last year. And that was kind of thought to be a little bit surrounding COVID. Same thing happened in the COVID years. Um, But do you think that maybe it's a possibility that a lot of these, you know, big players aren't playing preseason games? So they aren't their bodies aren't fully ready for this and they end up getting injured? No, Uh, I personally don't. But that's because from everything that I've read and everything that I've heard from different NFL people who know Mm -hmm. more than I do, uh, the idea of joint practices has become Mm -hmm. really big um, and it's become like a a really like a a substitution for preseason games in terms Mm -hmm. of the way they work the players and the way it gets their bodies ready. Um, I think injuries just happen. I, I think honestly, like at the end of the day, I don't think our bodies are going to be upset that they're playing three less games of football. Like that's the big thing for me. Yeah. You, you, you're skipping preseason. You're there's three less. There's three chances that are now less likely for you to get, have a, a season ending injury. Cause like, like the things you're not seeing are a ton of like hamstring or whatever. Yeah. Like yeah, there's some of them, but like those are the things more so that, come from being ill prepared to play the game of football like torn acls torn achilles like that it just happens like interesting that's right. a, i that's i i have a very similar idea about it but i was just interested to hear what you had to say speaking of well one of they were considering in the, this coming off season talking about if joint practices should be allowed interesting. oh i should love joint, joint I, practices i, I do too coaches love them yeah but there was concern about after everything that happened with aaron donald's taking two helmets and smashing someone on the head. Well, how about you just suspend him? Like, yeah. Jesus. I don't think we ever talked about that. No, I don't um, think we did either. But there was a really great picture of it. Yeah. Um, uh, but really quickly before we get into news, because this is something that I really love to talk about. Um, you were mentioning, you know, training and preseason. So remember those guardian caps that some players had to wear on top of their helmets? They looked pretty silly, but they were like those the little like helmet caps that went on top yeah. with little like, sponge looking things on top so ian rapport sent out a tweet today that said nfl exec jeff miller on a conference call says the early data for the guardian caps worn during camp was promising through two weeks of preseason games concussions were cut in half from 23 to 11 for those positions affected mandated to wear caps which was pretty good news yeah both of the eagles top two left tackles got concussions mm-hmm. while wearing those Oh, interesting. So I personally find that uh, <laughs> research to be BS, uh, but that is because it affected me in a negative way directly. So also, mm-hmm. this is the meme of Aaron Donald. Uh, oh. So if you are watching, that's a uh, Game of Thrones picture. And you yes, I'm aware. 
And it doesn't matter. I understand it. He's holding these dual wielding Bengals helmets and he has the rest of the team coming at like it's not I don't have to watch Game of Thrones to understand that. I know, but I wish you did. All right. Either well, way, that's our injuries. Things to do. Okay. So you're gonna have a, a big segment after this one. So I'm just gonna breeze through the news, even though I've been talking for a while. Jump in at anything you'd like. Um, especially this one. Lamar Jackson had set his deadline. We weren't here last week, so we didn't get to talk about it. Lamar Jackson set his deadline for, I believe, last Friday, right? Uh it was yeah, the Friday before, right before week one. Or yeah, so week one, technically. Yeah, so he basically gave a deadline to the Ravens front office and, and management and said, I need a deal by now, or I'm not talking about it for the rest of the season. His demands were not met, so he does not have a contract with Ravens currently. I respect what he's doing, but mm -hmm. I also think it's very stupid. Yeah. Like, it's just very stupid. I, yeah. I Especially, like, just, you could get hurt. Yeah. You can Especially get hurt. if you're a mobile quarterback. Like, yeah. he just, I, I, it's, it's very stupid. Get someone to represent you, dude. Like, mm -hmm. I, I get it. I, I respect what you're going for and all that. Get someone to represent you. Someone who has your best interest. Like, mm -hmm. rep you're not doing yourself a favor by representing yourself. Maybe some lower-level players can. You, as one of the star NFL quarterbacks mm -hmm. in the league, are MVP. probably not doing yourself any favors by representing yourself. Like, I, I don't, I don't like it, and I, I. He's not yeah. going to change his ways. Like, clearly, he's very no. locked in. So and like whatever. you said, like, I totally respect what he's doing. And you and yeah. I have had long conversations on and off air about players advocating for themselves and how the game has changed that players can, you know, stand up for themselves more and make a lot more personal decisions rather than just be using being used as, like, pieces on a chess game. Yeah. But again, this is your livelihood. And you're also, like, a mobile quarterback on a team that has a lot to prove. And there's a, a chance you could get hurt or have a bad season and then you're kind of only hurting yourself. Yep. So even if you just got somebody else like to work with, then maybe that would help. I don't know. But either way, he didn't come to an agreement with the Ravens. Um, the average viewership for all week one games this week was 18.5 million per the NFL. That's the best mark since 2016 and a 3% increase over last season. The Broncos-Seahawks Monday Night Football game was the most watched Monday Night Football game since 2009 and the most watched week one Monday Night Football game since 2006. There were 19.85 million viewers across all platforms. Joe Flacco will remain the Jets' starter for week two while Zach Wilson is still rehabbing his injury. Such sad news, the Colts cut kicker Rodrigo Blankenship and he ended up clearing waivers and is now a free agent. I hope goggles go somewhere. He had a great rookie season. Then he got injured. And then he had a rough week one where he missed uh, the game winner. Yeah. And I feel yeah. bad. I feel very bad for him. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about this. Browns have a new midfield logo, and that is Brownie the Elf. Yeah, I hate the Browns. Um, <laughs> I've hated the Browns for a long time. It has nothing to... Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I'm not going to say it has nothing. It originally had nothing to do with the Deshaun Watson thing because this mm. is like dating 15 years back into my adolescence. They're... they're, they're their team name their is the name. Browns. Yep, I don't I care that they're named after Paul Brown. I think that's stupid. Then mm -hmm. their logo is an orange helmet. That's even dumber. First mm -hmm. of all, it's a helmet. Everybody has. What this. are we like? And then on, it's orange. You're the Browns. Whatever. 
why is Brownie the elf? I don't like I like I get it from like a it's fun perspective. Like if mm-hmm. I'm just looking at it in like a like I kind of respect it. I kind of respect the whole like all right, you know, screw it. I don't give a shit anymore. Like we're we're just we're leaning in to the memes and whatever. I guess the fans wanted Brownie the elf back. I think they're just trying to distract from the fact that they brought a sexual predator on yeah. to be their quarterback. Um, so like I guess marketing is doing the best they can. Um, yeah. but. Of all the things that they could fix, it's Brian yeah. the Elf. So, yeah. good job, guys. I saw a tweet that was like, if you were like an outsider, right? You didn't live in the United States, you didn't follow football. And all of a sudden, you saw that video that the Browns tweeted. You'd be so confused. Like, there's just a giant elf painted on the field for a team named after a color in which their fans do nothing but bark. Yeah, yeah, because of the dog pound. Yeah, Dog pound. And so, like, that was, that was a good tweet. Again, I think nothing. I, I love alternate logos. I think mm-hmm. they're great. The Sixers have an alternate logo of uh, of Benjamin Franklin dribbling a basketball, and I think it's incredible. And I wish it was their main logo, mm-hmm. but it's not for a reason. It's an yeah. alternate logo. Why the hell is Brownie the Elf on the like again? I respect it. There is a part of me, the ten year old me, that's playing Madden, mm-hmm. that just created a team and made a really weird logo as the center of our field. Like I respect that, but also yep. like. I'm not running a multi-million dollar franchise when I am a billion dollar, I guess, yeah. uh, running uh, playing Madden. So, yeah, it anyway. really feels like they just put a whole bunch of things in like a bowl and like a whole bunch of slips of paper. And it's like our first our name is going to be a color and our secondary mascot is going to be an elf. And we're going to gonna fair, have that's dog exactly, pound. That's exactly how it feels like they've been. Running right. Exactly. 1999. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. Um, also, you talked about marketing. I didn't put this on the list, but did you see that the Washington, what the Washington Commanders were selling? Oh, God, no! What? They were selling mugs with the Washington Commanders W with, oh, the, with state the state of Washington. Yes. Of Washington State. They don't play in Washington State. They play in Washington D.C. And they started selling logos with Washington State on it. Big fail there, and nobody decided to, uh, you know. And it's like a big day, I want right? One. It's the fur, right? They're going to be uh, like super exclusive now. What a shitty franchise. Yeah. They're so bad at everything. Yeah. And like, oh, it's a big God. day. It's your first day with your new name, like your first public game with your new name and you're selling wrong merchandise. Your third name in like, what, four years? Seriously. Um, either way, we're going to talk about, we have some players, AFC players of the week. We're on offense, quarterback Patrick Mahomes from the Chiefs. On defense, safety Minka Fitzpatrick from Pittsburgh. And on special teams, kicker Cade York from Cleveland. For the NFC players of the week on offense, it was running back Saquon Barkley from the New York Giants. On defense, it was linebacker Uchena Nuosu from Seattle. And on special teams, it was cornerback Zach McPherson. No, I knew is it Zach? Know. Okay. I, yeah. Zach I, I love that you pronounced Uchenna Nuozu correctly. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the stutter and it was like, yep. Is it Zach? No, it's Zach McPherson. Zach. Okay. So Zach McPherson from the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I have to say, just real quick, mm-hmm. hilarious that he won. Mm-hmm. All he did was catch a fair, a, like he just, he fair caught an onside kick. I love it. I, <laughs> good for him. He deserves it, I guess. But it just shows you what the competition was this week, apparently. Yeah, pretty uh, wild. Yeah. Um, anyway, Duncan, why don't you tell us about this new segment that you are going to lead us into? That's going to be basically your segment. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. So we're gonna. I mean, we're gonna see how this goes. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I was just driving today, and I thought about it, and I was like, oh, this could be kind of fun. Uh, mainly because I just want to see myself squirm. 
Um, but uh, you are going to set a stopwatch or something on your phone. Yep. And every 15 seconds, you are going to tell me to move on to the next game. And I'm going to have 15 seconds to basically give a quick summary of every game that happened uh, this past week. Uh, mm -hmm. I can kind of choose to focus on whatever I want. I don't have to mention who won or who lost. I mm -hmm. probably might. I don't know. Um, but yeah, we're going to see how it goes. I'm going to see how uh, all over the place I'm going to be. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it sounds fun. So I uh, think your ADHD is going to like this one. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably what it was, is I think my mind was just going everywhere. And I was like, I really wish someone mm -hmm. did this for me, because mm -hmm. I feel like that's how I would take it in. Yeah. Um, but I decided I was going to do it for me. So and we've also agreed it, it's a good way to talk about all the games without having to yep. do a show where we have to sit down and analyze every game exactly. because we don't want to do that. That's not what our show is. We talk about some games here and there are really good games, um, but you get to have just a real quick recap if you didn't get to watch all the games. Exactly. Perfect. Um, so I, and I can all the use to move on quicker. Yes. Right? If I, if I, yes. Okay. Yep. All right. So I'll count you down from three and you're going to go down. I just put them in ESPN order. If Whatever I, order I have the like. same. I have the same order. Um, okay, perfect. So, all right. So, ready? Three, two, one. Start. All right. So, Von Miller might win Defensive Player of the Year. He had two sacks. The Bills had seven sacks against the Rams. It was awesome. Josh Allen is in the running for MVP. Cam Akers might be dead. I don't think he's ever going to get back to what we thought he was, which sucks. But Daryl Henderson is actually the running back one on that team. Also, Matthew Stop. Stafford needs to get his elbow looked at. The Patriots versus the Dolphins. The Patriots' offense is completely broken because Joe Judge and Matt Patricia should not be running an offense. On the other side, the Dolphins might be really, really, really good. Maybe their defense is great. Their offense was pretty solid. Tyreek Hill was a great addition, but their run game looked horrendous. And I think that's the Next. opposite of what people expected. The Saints versus the Falcons. The Saints looked horrible for three quarters. Good Lord, how do you do that? How do you go down that far to the Falcons? But then the Falcons did what they do best, and they blew it, and they lost in the fourth quarter. Arthur Smith is a terrible head coach, and he has no balls, unlike, nice. a, uh, unlike a head coach I'll talk about later. Niners versus the Bears. There was a shit ton of rain. Justin Fields and Trey Lance were both okay, sort of, but also sort of unimpressive, and I'm looking forward to seeing them in an actual game. But wow, okay, the Bears won a game. I really didn't expect that to happen, let alone that early. Um Yes. Oh, I'm early. Okay, Steelers versus the Bengals. I don't know how long the Mitch Trubisky era will last for the Steelers, but I don't really think it matters because, God, I just don't think their offense is going to be good. Chase Claypool led their team in rushing. Najee Harris was incredibly inefficient behind a garbage offensive line. Minka should also be in the running for Defensive Player of the Year, and Joe Burrow threw Next. four interceptions. Eagles versus the Lions. The Eagles had four different players score rushing touchdowns. Uh, Jalen Hurts had 90 yards. Miles Sanders had 96. The defense was putrid. Uh, Jonathan Gannon, you're officially on the hot seat in my mind. Uh, DeAndre Swift was awesome. A.J. Brown is a stud, and that might have been the best trade of the entire offseason was Next. what they gave up. Uh, the Ravens versus the Jets. Devin Duvernay came out of nowhere to have a surprisingly great performance from a team that didn't really think we had any wide receivers. Uh, the, re the rushing offense was terrible, even Lamar Jackson included. Uh, Joe Flacco was surprisingly not horrible. And Next. Yeah. Uh, Jaguars versus the Commanders. Jags haven't won a road game since 2019. Carson Wentz flashed, but also looked terrible, and that defines everything he's done after 2017. Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson might want to be, be one of the underrated uh, wide receiver duos in the league. Trevor Lawrence struggled, and James Robinson is alive, and it's nice Next. to see that. Browns versus the Panthers. Baker did not get his revenge, but they did make it 
very close to bringing it all the way back. Robbie Anderson came back in a big way, uh, scoring on, I believe it was a 75-yard bomb. CMC made it out of that game healthy. Nick Chubb is still a beast, and Jacoby Brisket sucks. Next. Uh the Colts versus the Texans. Uh, I'm starting to think that maybe there's something just wrong with the Colts and not the quarterbacks they bring in. Uh, Alec Pierce had a really bad touchdown drop from Matt Ryan, who I thought actually looked okay considering. The Texans were straight up playing for a tie, and it's cowardly. It was fourth and three in overtime. Yes. Go for it. Uh, Giants versus the Titans. This is the coach that actually has balls. You coach a terrible team, so why not go for two and go for the win? Brian Dable, thank you. You did that. Uh, the Titans are very bad. They just they're kind of bad. Also, Saquon might be back and I might have to apologize uh, about everything I said about him. Nice. Um, Packers versus the Vikings. The Vikings could be a sleeper for, I think, one of the best for the best team in the NFC. Justin Jefferson might legitimately break every receiving record this season, or he at least has the opportunity to. Rodgers missed Adams a lot more than Adams missed him. And Alan Lazard is apparently very needed for this offense. That nice. looked putrid. The Chiefs versus the Cardinals. The Cardinals' defense was a literal turnstile, having basically no ability to stop anyone on that offense. Mahomes did not miss Tyreek that much. Kelsey doesn't matter what age he is. He's still just going to keep being Travis Kelsey. CEH might be alive with two receiving touchdowns, and apparently nice. Greg Dortch is the best wide receiver in the Cardinals. Raiders versus the Chargers. Adams, like I said, did not miss Rodgers. Mike Williams disappeared completely. He vanished from the face of this earth, but they need him next week because Keenan Allen is injured. Uh, the Chargers played a really good game, and Herbert just looked really good, so... I think that's going to be a really good team. Uh, the Bucks versus the Cowboys. The Cowboys might be the worst team in football. I legitimately think that if I was making power rankings right now, they might be 32. Um, Dak Prescott looked horrible before the injury. CeeDee Lamb looked bad. And that offensive line was the equivalent of me. Five of me standing out there. It was terrible. Also, Next. Julio Jones might be back. And finally, Broncos versus the Seahawks. I will talk more about this later, but Nathaniel Hackett should be fired right now as head coach of the Broncos. The Seahawks might be better than we thought. I might have to apologize to them, too. Good for Geno. I'm proud of him. Uh, and also, Russell Wilson is just a really weird dude, and I didn't know what to think about his return to Seattle. Yep. Done. Wow, that was fun. You're that out of breath. Fun. You have to be I out am. of breath. <laughs> It's bit. like you're yep. practicing to be like an auctioneer giving all the I mean, that's that's how it felt. Yeah. Right. I yeah. loved that. Loved that. Ooh, and it gave a, a pretty stuff. good recap. Right. It gave a pretty good recap of a lot. I thought so. Yeah, there were I definitely some I had more to say than others, but I think that's, yeah. you know, to be expected. So, yeah. And now we have 30 minutes to go into some of the other things. I do love that comment. ADHD is a superpower and it, it is your is. superpower. Thank you. I love Jack. Miss <laughs> Prime is my dude. Uh, he is in discord which you can mm -hmm. join where you can talk to us if you join the undroppables patreon which is at patreon.com slash the undroppables i think um or you can go online to our website the undroppables.com uh yeah so uh also uh we're gonna do a quick ad read now that we're at the halfway point um and i just wanted to talk to you real quick about one of our sponsors this season at the Undroppables, and that is Manscaped. Uh, support for this show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bun bundle. Join over 6 million men, this one included, worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code UND uh, at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, uh, that 6 million people plus me means 12 million plus two balls that have been used 
by Manscaped. That Manscaped has been used on something like that. Mm. Anyway, it's great. My balls feel awesome. It comes with this deodorant that I put on my balls now, um, and it makes them smell good. So get Manscaped. Thank you for sponsoring us, and thank you for making my balls smell better. Perfect. Do you think Brian Dabble has to get like a special extra big one for his nice big ones? Yeah. No. Yeah. He might need like he might use a whole can of that deal right? after a week like this. Um, poor Ash. What do you mean? She gets to hear me talk about my balls. <laughs> That's just the dynamic here. I'm used to it. Yeah. Well, that makes um, me sound really creepy. and perverted. <laughs> I don't normally talk about my balls unless it's to get money. We, we talk clear. about balls here, but it's mostly footballs clever mm. anyway so we we were talking about some coaches um i know you talked about brian dable a little bit we also want to talk about nate hackett so we're going to talk about best and worst coaching of the week uh why do you want to start on the good notes or do you want to start no on the bad i want to start okay. on the bad note because okay, I'm already so let's there. do it i want All you right. to go there do you want me to read those things i have written down first and then you can talk yeah just read the first time okay. yeah yeah all right so nate hackett in his post-game press conference they went for a what was the actual distance because the mark to get 64. to was 46 okay so they went for a 64 yard field goal um when they have the biggest blockbuster trade and brought russell russell wilson there and their offense is the star of the show they decided to go for a 64 yard field goal with mcmanus and they did not get it and they lost the game nate hackett in his post-game press conference said quote Looking back at it, we definitely should have gone for it. Just one of those things you look back at and say, of course we should go for it. We missed the field goal. But in that situation, we had a plan. We knew the 40, that 46 was the mark, Hackett said. And in a separate quote, he said, quote, I was happy that he got that one kick that didn't count out of the way, Hackett said. I thought he had plenty of distance on that one. I just thought we were going to be able to make that. I have confidence in him. And if we have to put him in that situation again, I think he'll be able to make it. And on that note. Okay. Nathaniel Hackett, has, you're yep. a moron. You, so, you're a stupid moron. I want to point out that he has had one, two, three, four, five, six seven, right? from six. And oh. plus tonight is set. Plus that night was seven. So I'm reading Warren Sharp had tweeted out the stats. So he has in his entire career history on 62 plus yard field goals has missed every year. Oh, it's tonight, including tonight. So it was, he missed from 62, 62, 63, 64, 64, and 70 yards from 16, from 2016 to 2022. And they decided to have him go for it in this game with Russell Wilson. And I also do want to point out that they let 39 seconds run off the clock and then called a timeout and then went for the kick. So they, it's not like they had no time. Yeah. So Nathaniel Hackett, you're a moron. Mm -hmm. uh, the NFL record of 64 yards was set by Matt Prater in 2013. Since then, Justin Tucker has made a 66, meaning that he said our goal, our plan was for our kicker to attempt the second longest made field goal in NFL history at 64 yards. That was our plan. That is a horrible plan. Yeah. That is a terrible plan. That's like me saying that if I get a steal in a basketball game and I'm running down the court and I see that no one's around me, my plan is to go for a dunk. I'm not going to get a dunk. I'm six foot white and I can't jump. Like, it wasn't meant to be. Dude. Yeah. And I did point out in our pre-show when we were just going over our show sheet, 
It's not that Hackett set that goal. McManus sent that goal. And I'm not using that as an excuse. I just want to point that out that McManus said, if you can get me here, I can make that kick. Yeah. And that, so that's fine. Like a, a kicker should be able to say that kind of thing because that's in an in desperation type of situation. It's a head coach's job to know, do I really want to settle for that? And so if you're not aware of the, the, the full like scenario, like they let 40 seconds run off the clock. They were just standing there and then they took a timeout before they attempted that kick. And it was fourth and it was, it was third and five. And then it was just like a terrible, a very bad play call. And they got back to the line of scrimmage fourth and five ish. You're paying Russell Wilson $250 million so you can attempt a 64-yard field goal. And it's not like a field goal is to win and you're going to tie otherwise. Like, you're not playing for overtime. You are playing to not lose the game now. Like, you need that first down. You're paying Russell Wilson how much freaking money? And you, like, I would fire him. I would fire him right now. He does, he does not deserve to be a head coach and handle that situation that poorly. Like, that is just... I, I was watching the Manning cast. I was telling you beforehand. Peyton Manning, Shannon Sharp, and Eli Manning were all there losing their minds because it was just some of the dumbest coaching I have ever seen. Yeah. And I've seen some dumb coaching. But, good Lord, that might have been the single worst in-game coaching decision blunder that I've ever seen. They were... It, 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 it's inexcusable to settle for a 64-yard field goal. I just, he's never made one. It, it, it's just, it's, it's so, it's so ridiculous. It, yeah. Only 17, 60 plus yard field goals in NFL history have been made. Like, I don't care if you think your guy can make one like Jake Elliott against, he had a 61 yard field goal against the giants in 2017. That was because it was tied and they needed that to not go. If they miss, they go to overtime. Okay, whatever. Yeah, you try it because there's no harm in trying that kind of kick. He made it great. If he doesn't make it, oh, well, you got overtime. That's better than a Hail Mary. You don't need a Hail Mary. You had, like, almost a minute on the clock. I just, oh, my God. And, he, and then he was using his timeouts uh, yeah. when the other people were, when the Broncos were kneeling down. That was so, that was just annoying. Mm -hmm. Like, at that yep. point, you're just a kid in Madden that refuses to. Exactly. And it looks like poor sportsmanship it is does. what it looks like. It, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it looks just, like you're bitter and mad and you just want to be a pain. Oh, my God. And not to mention the offense as a whole, which he's in charge of, just came out and looked terrible. That's what I was going to talk Again, about. I wanted like, to know in game how you felt about his coaching. I, I so I didn't think it was good to begin with. Like that, that mm -hmm. that's the other thing is I'm not I, I don't mean to say that I'm just picking this out of like a nitpick in a game that was otherwise well coached. Like mm -hmm. you didn't beat the Seahawks. The Seahawks were starting Geno Smith. They have very little talent on their team as a whole outside of the wide receiver position. Like, that is a game that you are supposed to win. Nathaniel Hackett, you were not brought in here to slowly rebuild this team. You were brought in thinking you can win a Super Bowl this year now, because they yes. got you the quarterback. They paid big money in free agency. They've got weapons. You've got defensive players. Like, you've got a roster that is built to compete right now. I don't care that it's your first game. I truly don't care. And yeah, not all of it's on Nathaniel Hackett. Like Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon both fumbled near the goal line. Like it felt like they yeah. wanted to lose the game, but it's just, you, you can't, there's no excuse for losing that game. Not with Russell mm -hmm. Wilson as your quarterback and not when you handle the end of the game that poorly. So 
man, that was one of the worst coaching jobs I think I've ever seen. And it's just, there, there, there's no talking way out of it. There is no reasoning that makes it make sense because you should never assume that your best option in that scenario is to kick a 64 yard field goal. It It's just, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. There's an part of it is to the Broncos red zone offense has always looked bad. I actually have a, an article pulled up from what is the, what website is this SB nation, but the Broncos section of it. Um, and they were talking about, you know, in the last, 18 regular season games the Broncos have turned over the ball eight times inside the opponent's 10 there were seven teams that have zero turnovers whatever whatever so the red zone offense for the Broncos even with a different offense didn't work but this one didn't look any better it didn't look cohesive in the red zone and I understand running back fumbles are a thing but both of them did it and I didn't like the play calling in the end zone either it didn't look super formulated I don't think this team looked like they were playing up to the strengths of their players it kind of looked like they were just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what stuck which I understand for week one but again this was a team who was supposed to come out of the gate swinging and go and have an easy ride to the Super Bowl and that's not what this team looked like yeah they looked for for a team that had as much hype as they did like I just Mm -hmm. they, they looked about as bad as I like about as bad as I can remember a team with that much hype looking. So it looked yep. like it looked like a head coach first coaching in his first NFL game. And, you know, sometimes that is what it is. But, man, he, he looked just outmatched completely. Yeah, he did. But we can talk about another head coach who was playing for his uh, coaching, his first head coach in game of the Very ever. Thank you. I couldn't figure that out. Um, but that was Brian Dable from New York Giants. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that and we can talk about our thoughts? I mean, to begin with, like, uh, just kind of like what I mentioned during my 15 second frenzy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he just I, I, I like I, it reminds me a lot of the team that they were playing, the Titans. Um, mm-hmm. Their head coach who always escapes me. What is their head coach's name for the Titans? I can Vrabel. literally uh, Vrabel. Vrabel. Thank you. Mike Vrabel. Mm-hmm. I can never remember his name. I always want to call him Arthur Smith. Um, but anyway, uh, Mike Vrabel. Uh, it reminds me a lot of what he did, I believe, when he was a rookie head coach, which was he made a lot of headlines by going for two and going for a win in a couple games that season. He just coached very aggressively. Like, I don't always necessarily agree with that. Like, if you're a good team and you think that you can beat that other team in overtime, like, fine, whatever. Like, But in Brian Dable's situation, the Giants are a bad team with not a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. He knows that. Their GM literally admitted it last yeah. week. Um, I think when you have that kind of momentum and you have, you have nothing to lose. Brian Dable has nothing to lose. If, if like, if he loses this game, no one cares. No one expected them to be in the game, but he goes for two after scoring, uh, a a touchdown that if you kick the extra point ties, the game sends it to overtime, ideally. Um, but he went for two. He said, screw it. Uh, I have nothing to lose. He went for it. He got it. Great. Um, I don't think that he would necessarily get trashed if that decision went the other way, because again, no expectations. Yeah. It came down to a missed field goal, uh, by the Titans. Okay. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Like they were going to get another opportunity to kick that field goal regardless. Um, so now instead of going to overtime and playing longer with a more experienced team, you're just, you're done. So regardless of how the rest of the game went, I love that attitude. Mm -hmm. I, I, that, and again, not every situation needs that. But the situation that Brian Dable is in, I love it. And I just, I really, that's what's like, 
Joe Judge probably would have taken a knee on the yeah. extra point. Like yep. he, he would have said, no, we'll take the we'll take the loss. We didn't deserve the win. Now everyone's gonna go run a lap. Like I hate Joe Judge. So yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And I think too, it it I'm trying to figure out how I want to say it. So you're you're right. I think even if this man had two wins this year, that his coaching job would not be on the line. Oh yeah. The Giants didn't have you know, we're not expecting to be the Broncos and come out of the gate with new staff and some new players and, and win a Super Bowl. That's not the expectation. That obviously is the goal, but not at all what the Giants were expecting this year. And to see a coach actually go out there and use his players' strengths properly. He allowed Daniel Jones to sling it a little bit, not too much that it put him in jeopardy. And one of the biggest things for me as a Giants fan is – I've been looking at that game from a perspective of not just like the play calling and the book and the players. It's more so the way that the entire vibe around it felt. And it felt like an entirely new organization. These players seemed to be much happier on the sidelines. And even when they were down, you know, you could see there was this one moment where Saquon, you know, ran up to Dable and put his helmet to Dable's head and was like, you know, yelling, not in a bad way, like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, we did it, we're doing it type of way. And, and Dan will give them this huge hug. And they're like, you know, messing around with each other. That's not something Joe Judge ever did. That's not something I can remember the Giants doing in a long time. It's been a really long time since I've seen Giants players looking happy on the sidelines. And just the whole culture seems to have shifted a little bit. Even Dable in the, you know, post-game interviews, in the locker room with the players, that's not something we've seen. So just having the guts to make those risky calls that, yeah, if you if you don't get it, you don't get it. It's not going to kill you, which makes it a little bit easier to make those decisions. But he went for it. And he had some good play calls throughout the entirety of the rest of the game that were ballsy. And he went for them anyway. And completely adapted the way the team looked in the first half and the second half because what they were doing in the first half was not working so they completely adjusted their game plan in the second half and revamped it a little bit and figured it out which is not something I can say for Joe Judge or the Giants as of late so seeing this was really exciting and I just think Dable as a whole package this week was one of the best coaches in the NFL yeah, and so I will say that that type of optimism does not carry over for me to like Daniel Jones, for instance. Like, yeah, I don't think I and this isn't I'm just kind of continuing mm-hmm. the conversation yeah. of the Giants, but like Daniel Jones, like he was basically exactly what we've seen from him, you know, yeah, uh, 188 yards, two touchdowns and interception, got sacked five times. Yeah. Uh, he also had a fumble. That dude just needs to learn how to hold on to the football. It's kind yeah. of ridiculous at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the one thing that is very puzzling and I'm very much looking forward to week two to see if it changes is Kadarius Tony. Yes. The dude played seven snaps. He had no targets, but he had two carries mm-hmm. uh, and he had a long of 19 yards. I also he, pretty sure he had like a, did he have another like attempt to throw the ball? I think that happened at one point. Uh, did it? Not I that remember. I'm seeing. Okay. Uh, I can't remember if it did. He, he had, I, I believe he had two touches, uh, mm-hmm. both rushes, no targets on seven snaps. It's just bizarre because he looked good in both of them. Like, I don't know what the story is there. I don't think any, I I don't think we'll know until we Mm -hmm. know. Dable hasn't really said anything. And what he has said is just kind of vague enough that we have confidence in him. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they said. I don't know. It's puzzling, but Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. They, uh, he had a post-game press conference just in the locker room, which I'm so happy to have back. That's It's so fun that we can have a back, media back in the locker room. I love that. Oh, are they back now? Yeah, at least at least partially. Um, I, was, I was like in a concert on Sunday, so I was mm-hmm. streaming the Eagles on my phone, and then I didn't actually watch any football until like Sunday night. So Yeah, it's mostly back. Um, you know, there were reports of the media in the Bengals locker room. And talking about how Joe Burrow, you know, did his little press conference and sat down on his chair and just sat there in his gear for a while. So it's all reports like from the media in the locker room. So we have yeah. that back. But they did talk to Kadarius Tony, and they were like, are you frustrated? He's like, frustrated with a win? You guys are crazy. Um, so it's it's a very vague, interesting scenario. But I don't know. It, again, he's a super versatile player. You know, he should be used more on offense. I don't know if it's just not what Dable wants in his scheme right now. I don't know. Or if it's I just a specific I, game plan, but I don't see how you don't use him, and I'm really intrigued as to why. I will say, and obviously you said this, he didn't say this, mm-hmm. but if his reasoning is, I don't want to use this hyper-talented dude in my scheme, mm-hmm. first exactly. of all, that's, what that's, I'm saying. that's Chip Kelly vibes, and that's <laughs> bad, because Chip Kelly said, scheme over everything, screw you Deshaun Jackson, screw you Deshaun McCoy, and then got himself fired. Um if that is like Dable, I will quickly change my mind on him. If yeah. his reasoning is purely because he doesn't think Kadarius Tony fits a scheme, like if, if it's any other reason, fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like if he has good reason, sure. But Kadarius Tony easily looked better with the ball in his hands than almost anyone else on that offense. He's one Not of very few one. players on this team. Well, yeah, he's the one that doesn't. He very easily looks. He's very easily one of the only talented players they have on this roster. Mm-hmm. Like I don't personally, I don't see how you're not trying to run the entire offense through Saquon and yep. like Kadarius. Kadarius, yeah. Um, so. I would say Sterling Shepard looked good for coming yeah. off of an injury and coming back um, from a little bit faster than expected. But yeah, Absolutely. Saquon, Saquon may be back. I don't want to jinx it. You never know. Yeah, I mean, he looked he looked great. I I, I can't argue with it. I mean, he did. Um, so we have like 10 more minutes. You want to talk about some surprises of the week? Sure. Okay. Why don't you go first? Why do you do that? Why do you ask on then you make? Oh, I can go first. I was talking. That was like my big segment. So I don't know if you wanted to. Okay. So I can go first. So one of the biggest surprises for me was Carson Wentz. I have a stat pulled up on a different page. Let me get to it. He looked really good, which was very like alarming. I didn't, I wasn't sure if I was watching the right game when he was on my TV. Um, but he had 41 pass attempts, 313 passing yards, four passing touchdowns, and two interceptions. But he was second in passing touchdowns this week. He looked smart in the pocket. He was doing everything he possibly could. I don't know. It was just overall, he looked like he was playing good football and spreading his targets out, using the field wisely. He just looked really good, which was a big surprise to me. And I don't know if that's going to be something that keeps up or not, but it was very interesting for week one. So I will say this. So, like I said, I didn't watch a ton of football. Uh, I was mm-hmm. in a charity concert on Sunday, so nobody can be Were you playing? Or were you I watching? did. I played trumpet. Okay. Um, yeah, in the concert. Um, that being said, I did go back and I watched some of the Carson Wentz stuff because I was mm-hmm. very curious. It looked, it, it's exact, exactly what I said during my 15 second frenzy was that, you know, like it describes everything he's done post 2017 Wentz, mm-hmm. which is looked really good and looked like he had all the talent in the world with a ceiling that is basically up there with anyone in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And then that floor of throwing those two picks and you still almost lost to the Jaguars. And honestly, yeah. the Jaguars should have won that game. Like, 
I, it's going to sound like I'm an Eagles fan or whatever, but like they, so the, the final score is 28 to 22. Like mm-hmm. how many wide open passes did Trevor Lawrence just kind of miss? Like you don't have yeah. to go very, very far down the, if this one play went differently bag to get, to make this thing a, a Jaguars win. Like mm-hmm. this isn't, you know, if these nine plays were all different, it, like this mm-hmm. is like two or three plays and that's, the Jaguars have not won an away game since 2019. Yeah, that's crazy. That's very bad. They, like, I, their defense is miserable. It is just mm-hmm. not good. Like, Carson, you should be throwing four touchdowns on this team. And with the talent you have at wide receiver, like, I think yeah. Deshaun, I think the Jahan Dotson, Jahan Dotson, I keep yes. going to say Deshaun Watson because of the way my It has, like, the is. same cadence. Yeah. yeah. Don't like it. I think he was drafted too early. But I still really like his talent. Terry McLaurin, mm-hmm. very good wide receiver. Curtis Samuel is apparently back. They have a talent. Antonio Gibson, even though he Tanya Harding's his way into being the starting running back, like they have a talented offense. Carson Wentz should be putting up four touchdowns. That is exactly what he should be doing. He should not be throwing two interceptions to the Jaguars, mm-hmm. um, and he shouldn't. He shouldn't be barely winning this game. Like I don't know. It basically just told me that Carson Wentz is exactly who he has been since 2017. Um, I, I want the best for Wentz. I think most of the time I, I really do, but, um, I don't know. I don't think the I think the commanders are not going to be an actual competitive team, but I think they're yeah. just going to be very pesky and very annoying to play. And I think they're going to every now and then just get a win where you're just kind of like, really, mm-hmm. really, like you and can do that. Yeah, yeah. No other team is ever going to feel good about le- losing to them. Yeah. Even I think, I just think for me, like, I was like, I'm not saying I don't think Carson Wentz is going to be good throughout the season. I just think for me, it was more like I, in my head, expected him to play absolutely horrible and at some point have Taylor Heineke back. So, oh, see, I never expected that only because we've just, we've seen the flashes. We keep seeing the flashes. I know. He's going to, he's going to have games where it's that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that, that's what I'm saying. I expected it. I expected to come out of the gate and it'd be one of those games, you know, that's like fair. I, that's, that's what I expected. So this for me was a big surprise. And the other one was just, I could talk about it real briefly was the Bengals offensive line is so much worse than I could have imagined and so much worse than it was supposed to be. And it is absolutely horrible. How many throws and picks and pick sixes did Joe Burrow have again? I think he threw four picks Four. The first uh, one was, was a pick six, yeah, wasn't it? Was yeah. Pick six. yeah. Yeah. First score was a defensive score. It was the only, just the only oh, there. There was a really funny stat about Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. He's like the only quarterback that's thrown over our 200 attempts since like some year, the year he was drafted that hasn't thrown mm-hmm. a pick six. It's really dumb, but huh. I thought it was funny. Interesting. Um, yeah. And yeah, pick that's six is very little to do with the quarterbacks, but yeah. Um, yeah. Big one for me. And I, I mentioned this in the, mm-hmm. uh, uh, in my frenzy, but, I don't want to overreact, but I think the Vikings could be really, really good. Mm-hmm. Like I, th- I think I said on our last pod that like we both I, of us said, mm-hmm. yeah, we liked them a little bit more than I think we were expecting to. Yeah, I really, I for me, it was all about the head coaching change. Like I already knew they had talent, um, mm-hmm. but God, thank God they got rid of uh, another. Why can I not remember head coaches that are named Michael? His name. his name is Michael, um, but the 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 head coach that was there for like twenty years or whatever. Um, he just wasn't very good. I, I didn't like him. I didn't like his philosophy. And now they brought over who Kevin O'Connell from the Rams. Um, mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think the Vikings might be really good. And the Eagles play them this week on mm-hmm. Monday Night Football, which is scary. It's a great um, game. Because we gave up 35 points to the Lions. 
Um, but this one's at the link, so I'm not as worried about it. But mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins had a really solid game, two touchdowns, uh, you know, 118 quarterback rating. Justin Jefferson went nine for 184 and two, average, uh, average 20 uh, yards per uh, reception. Um, Jalen Rager did not have any touch touches, but I do believe that he was their punt returner. He returned mm-hmm. one punt for seven yards. Game-changing stuff from Jalen Rega, the guy they were very excited about getting for punt returns. Um, but yeah, they just—I mean—they have a—they re- have a really talented team, and I don't know. I—I I think they—I think they have a very solid team, and also like I, I don't know. Maybe this is just me saying the Packers suck. I don't know. I think this is a game that I'm excited to kind of see both of these teams moving forward because I think the result shocked me. I'm not shocked that the Vikings won necessarily. I'm more just shocked that the way it happened. Yeah, that's the main thing. Like the 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 Packers never stood a chance. Is what it felt mm-hmm. like. Like they just never stood a chance. Um, yeah. Also, shout, shout out AJ Dillon, who might be in the midst of a complete breakout season with yeah. five receptions and ten carries, compared to Aaron Jones's five carries and mm, three receptions. Which yeah, yeah. So and anyway. I think I think those receptions for him will stay up. I know part of it has to do with the fact that there was like no one else to throw to yeah, when I uh, you know Alizard will come back, but I still think those receptions are going to stay up. And I think for me about the Vikings, you and I said it last week that looking at it from just you know it's the Vikings, they're not going to do that well. And then we sat down and actually played that little game where we yeah. you know picked games and I had them up there with the Packers, you know. So that was intriguing for me so being able to actually see those thoughts come to fruition and play really good football was great and i think the vikings are going to give everybody a run for their money yeah and i will say this was a really good point that jack miss made in the comments uh watson christian watson rookie dropping mm-hmm. a wide open touchdown set a really bad tone early for green bay yeah. uh i do agree with that completely and honestly if he caught that maybe it's a completely different game um mm-hmm. i mean obviously brings the score closer so yeah, I think Green Bay is one of those teams. I I I know it's you're gonna say it may happen for a lot of players and teams, but I feel like Green Bay is one of those teams where if it gets off to a bad start, it just never stops type of thing. Like they can come back from it, but they seem like the team to get in their heads about it. Well, yeah, because I, I I think all the weird stuff with Rodgers, like yeah. I think it's a lot easier to ignore that stuff when you're winning. And if they're losing, like yeah, I agree. I think the weird stuff is just gonna multiply uh but uh finally uh speaking of weird stuff and quarterbacks mm-hmm. you want to do this fun little game before uh we finish yeah out yeah so let me grab the actual the person who grabbed it so i can give them their credit but somebody tweeted out this week um it's called it's at the dgen d-e-g-e-n like degenerate weekly on twitter um that was saying quarterbacks i would not get a beer with so i wanted to do three quarterbacks you would love to get a beer with and three quarterbacks you would not want to get a beer with Okay, so uh, you want to start with wood, and then we'll talk about wool. A tab I have open just like randomly plays these notes, and it really it just like it <laughs> I was like, me. was I that loud? Did I mess no? Up my it's mic? just no. like, but it's not consistent, so I can't mute it. It just randomly is like boop, and it's yeah. like, why are you doing that? Um, I'm sorry. What? So do you want to start with ones you would or ones you wouldn't want to have? Ones I with? wouldn't. Um, okay. So first two, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Those are very easy. Yes, those because are both of mine they too. both scare me in two completely different ways. Um, mm-hmm. And third, Kirk Cousins. Like I, 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 I was you know reading that tweet. I feel like no one was mm-hmm. talking about him. I yes. just kind of think he, I just I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to hang out with him. He's not weird like the other two. I just kind of think he might be a shit dude. He's also like a big like anti-vax 
yeah guy, which we don't have to talk about in here but like you get my point yep just like seems like he's gonna be another one that like is a secret like Aaron Rodgers seems like a big conspiracy guy but he seems like one yeah. who would like keep it under the table a little bit and then just like slip in these things yeah Kirk just kind of seems like he's he could like I don't know I I don't know I just I yeah. I agree. Those were my three too. We talked those ones we knew we shared because as I was typing him, you sent him. And um, because the original tweet had Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Matt Ryan. Which yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think it's stupid. Yeah, what do you have against Matt Ryan? Apparently, yeah. like he's literally he's is half the nick uh, half the reason his nickname is Matty Ice is because of Matty Ice's in college. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. It yeah. Seems like a great guy. Everything I've heard yeah. about him is great. I like Matt mm-hmm. Ryan. Um, and then for so we share the same wants, but what about for three you would that the top three that you would like to get over with so this this one's actually i think this one's a lot harder mm-hmm. um i think i think matt stafford's on there mm-hmm. um which is kind of surprising to me but i just feel like he's a really cool guy i really mm-hmm. like i i feel like i would really want to hang out with matt stafford i know yeah. that he can chug beers because we've seen it on live television mm-hmm. uh I, I don't know i've always kind of liked matt stafford uh mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm definitely gonna say him um I'm just like quickly looking through and look. I mean, like it's kind of hard for me to not say Jalen Hurts because mm. I don't, I don't, I don't know. That might actually be really weird. Um, I feel like he wouldn't have the mo- like. I don't think it would be the most enjoyable conversation to be honest. Like I don't yeah. think he lets. It, he doesn't have a ton of personality that shows a lot of the time. Uh, yeah. That's fine. That's fine for a quarterback. Uh, but so I'm just not gonna put him on there because. But he's an eagle. It's fine. Uh, Josh Allen is on there for sure. It's fine. And... That's your three. That's three. Yeah, but I, I'm not counting. Uh, I'm not counting oh, okay. um, Jalen Hurts because that's too easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go with Baker Mayfield. I don't care. Screw it. Oh, actually, wait. Gardner Minshew. I choose him. Oh. <laughs> I forgot. I was only looking. I was only thinking of starting quarterback. He's also an Eagle, yeah. but I choose him. Yeah, I chose three starting quarterbacks. Uh, Allen is starting starting quarterbacks. Starting quarterbacks. <laughs> Number one for me is immediately Josh Allen. I yeah. love him and all of his like non-football related content, like him and his movie quotes. Oh, my, I love it. I, I do like um, number two for me is Jameis Winston. I would love, interesting, love to get a beer with that man. I think I would do nothing but hysterically I laugh. I see. I don't know about that. I, I kind of disagree with you. Really? Why? I, I don't think he's funny on purpose. So I don't think in a one-on-one setting he would be funny. See, but I think that's why I think it would be funny because he's not funny on purpose. But in a one-on-one just, like, talk, setting, I would find it so funny. I don't. I think he would be kind of boring in a one-on-one setting. I don't know. He's still up there for me, and Justin Herbert because he just seems like a oh, cool Justin dude. Great one. This seems like really a cool dude. One. He's also another one who loves movie quotes and loves like media and movies and all these things. So those are my three. I would love to get a beer with those three. I'm just looking at the list again, just out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, great podcasting. Honestly, yeah. I'll get a beer with Tom Brady. I would. I feel like you can't pass that up. I mean, obviously, yeah. Like, yeah. If you can get a, a, a beer with, uh, actually, if we're being honest, I'd want it with Peyton Manning. But yeah. um, Tom Brady, I just feel like I just I want I want to have a conversation with him. Because mm-hmm. I think he he lands squarely in the middle of like could be a real yeah. is probably a really cool guy, but also super weird. Yeah. And I don't know what he's ordering. I don't know what's going on in his head. I just like I want to see him. Mm-hmm. I just want to have like a 10 minute conversation. I completely him. agree. And with I, I want to see if I can get in the middle. I want to see if I can get any information out of what is going on in his head. 
Yeah, and I feel like that one beer will either skyrocket him to the top of the list or shoot him down to the bottom of the list. Like, he can't be like, he he can't, he has to be somewhat fun to be around because Gronk loves him. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And he seems normal, but there's just like this little, little thing. I don't know. Anyway, Duncan, we have passed our mark for the day. Why don't you go ahead and tell us where we can find you and wrap up your side of the show? You can find me. Uh, no, actually, Jackamus, I don't think he drinks, but this mm-hmm. is in my imaginary dream. Only when he wins Super Bowls. Exactly. That is true. He was very drunk. Um, oh, you can find me on Twitter at MPDuncan75. You can find me here uh, on the Undroppables Playbook Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock Eastern live on Twitter, Facebook. No, not Facebook. Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find it uh, tomorrow on wherever you stream your things i'm i'm losing <laughs> losing the train of thought uh you can find me on under the wire which is hosted on the ff chat discord fantasy football chat discord uh under the wire is a start sit show for your fantasy teams um i will probably be tweeting that out on sunday mornings it normally goes from like 11 or 11 30 to one o'clock eastern standard helps you with all of your start sit decisions for fantasy we talk about all the upcoming games for that day uh yeah so i'm on there sometimes with the co-host sometimes not um and yeah that's where you end with the undroppables patreon all that stuff yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. And you can find me on Twitter at Ashley underscore Marie with two A's at the beginning of Ashley. You can find me again here every Wednesday night. Big one is Patreon. Hi, Rob. Thank you. It's someone from home. Um, Yeah. Are they from your cheerleading days? Yes, that is from the cheerleading days. Wait, really? Yeah, those those three initials are the gym. I thought I remembered PAC when I was going through all of your cheerleading tweets. Yeah, those are, that's the one. Um, But yeah, you can uh, Twitter is the best place to find me and also the Patreon because you have unlimited access. This week, I literally messaged and was like, hey, can you find me a play to win me money on prize picks? He sent me one and I made money on it at the end of the game. Shout out, Brian. So it was so good. Patreon is the place to be so you can have access to all of our exclusive uh, Discord channels. Anyway, we will see you next week after another, I'm assuming, exciting week of football. I hope you all have a wonderful week. And think about that question. Which three quarterbacks would you and wouldn't get a beer with? Have a great day, everyone. Have a good day.